You're listening to the Utah Checkdown Podcast. And now your hosts, Josh Furlong and Robert Jackson. Welcome back to another edition of the Utah Checkdown Podcast. I'm Josh Furlong, and I'm joined with Robert Jackson. Robert, how's it's it going? It's game week. Game week. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is it. This is the moment we've all been waiting for as fans of uh, the University of Utah. And, you know, what an what a opportunity opportunity to start right right out of the get-go at the Swamp. You know, we've, we've, we've been talking about this game ad nauseum since the Rose Bowl of how it how big this game is and you know and we finally had some media availability yesterday where coach Whittingham kind of released a two deep. We didn't think he was going to do it. He said he wasn't going to do it and then they did it anyway. We were what, a little surprised. I don't know. We were a little surprised. Especially like I was quite honestly like if you followed Utah football for a long time you 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 see on these two deep um depth charts that there's always or everywhere on the depth chart. No no position is necessarily filled in. Um, and quite honestly, I was expecting an or to be sitting in that QB2 spot. We've talked about that a lot. Cam Rising was obviously going to be the guy. There was no questions there. But it was always this debate between Jaquindon Jackson and Bryson Barnes as who was going to be the backup to take that role. And for, for some reason, I kind of just always expected Kyle to just stick with the or designation there just because why not? Um, but he surprised us. And he named Bryson Barnes as the QB number two. What is what's your initial take from that, Rob? Like, what what do you see from from what uh, what that could mean for Utah? So, first off, I don't think it's anything against Jaquindon Jackson. I think that he 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 improved himself quite a bit from last season to this season. You, you could hear it in the way that the coaches talked about him, Coach Ludwig, Coach Whittingham, uh, even the players involved around him, the wide receiver group. They were, you know, they they thought and that saw him improve and it wasn't that necessarily Bryson's a better quarterback it was he's going to give us the best chance if you know if Cameron has to come out for a series or if his helmet comes off he has to come out for a play they feel most confident in trotting out Bryson and and we all saw it in the Rose Bowl right no one anticipated Bryson Barnes coming out and Utah even having a shot in the game at that point right like here's this nobody quarterback from Milford Utah Pig farmer, we've all heard it. You know, we've gone through that storyline so many times. But the way that he was able to show himself, he didn't make any mistakes. He put the ball in a position where it's either his receiver is going to get it or it's an incomplete pass. And he obviously threw the beautiful touchdown pass to tie the game late uh, against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that if if it's a if it's a, a point in the season where you know, Cam has to go out for a play or a series. I think Bryson's your guy. If, however, if there's a more serious, and you, you hate to foreshadow or say anything like that, but the reality is that these things kind of happen. I think that the if Cameron Rising were to go out, I think Jaquindon Jackson gets another shot at that QB1 position, and I think they would open it back up to um, another competition. And that's just my personal opinion. I, I think that yeah, Bryson's great. If you need a series, if you need a play here and there, he can fill in. He's not going to make a mistake. He knows the offense, but I don't think that, you know, if, and the season changes drastically if Cameron Rising goes down. I think you would agree with that. But oh, yeah, absolutely. What do you think? No, absolutely. And I think that that's one of those things where it's like we can sit here and play doomsday scenario and say, okay, what if, what if, what if. That's that's one of the things where it's like, look, every, every head coach understands that. They understand that, you know, there could be a season-ending injury. Utah's obviously – 
uh, well accustomed to that with their quarterbacks. But I, but I think it comes down to where it's, you know, it's, it's the command of the offense, right? Like Bryson Barnes has been there for a long time. He's, he's clearly talented enough that even though he's still a walk-on, which is still crazy to me that he does not have a scholarship yet, that he has that command of the offense. I mean, that's what Kyle said yesterday, what, which basically tilted the weights, right? Like he said he has a better command of the offense. He, and he made fewer mistakes. That's at the end of the day what you want. You want somebody that makes fewer mistakes. Now, with that being said, that can turn into a very vanilla offense, right? Like you can have somebody that's incredibly safe. We've seen that in Utah's system where they're not going to do anything to try to, to, to push the limits necessarily. Uh, with Jaquindon, you are going to push those limits uh, from a mistake standpoint, from a, a, a just pure ability of what he's able to do, right? Like he's a dual threat quarterback right. who can a come true, in there. A true dual threat. And, exactly. And people, people forget that Bryson could run. He had the big run. Uh, he had a big run in the spring game. He also had a run against Ohio, against Ohio State where he was able to pick up a critical first down. But it's different, so, though, I mean, right? Yes, but it, but it is different, right? Um, and so especially when you get in the red zone, like you don't want to put a ton of wear and tear. Uh, I Even when I see Cam Rising run in those situations, like, man, I, I hope that Utah minimizes the number of hits that are put on him because – um, I, I think he, I, I was looking at the stat earlier and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but he ran an enormous amount of times last season. And a lot of those, he's, you know, still pushing for yards. He's taking the hit and he's not stepping out of bounds. I hope that he's able to do that this season because Utah needs him to be healthy. If they're to meet their, their season expectations of repeating as Pac-12 champs, going to a, a, another Rose Bowl or even exceeding that and potentially even making it to the playoff. Well, and he, and he sees that too, right? I mean, he understands that, you know, at the pinnacle of his career up to that point where he's in the Rose Bowl and he's, you know, he's led his team to this double digit lead and everything and everything is going well. All it takes is one hit and you're out, right? I mean, he was out right. cold on that play and you're seeing different things with him. You know, I can't remember the exact technology he's using, but there's going to be a different helmet that Cam Rising uses. There's different things that he's trying to do as well to keep himself on the field. Now, that that that's for his head, and obviously that's one of the most important parts, but, you know, quarterbacks can get injured in many ways. We've seen many quarterbacks, you know, tear an ACL, or they've, you know, hurt a shoulder, as like he did. And so it, it's different. You know, I think it happens. But at, at the end of the day, I think Bryson Barnes gives Utah the most consistency. Now, how dynamic and explosive can that offense be? We don't know. We, we've only seen it in limited reps. We've seen it in a situation right. of, look, you've got to go do it. For me, though, right. like, I, the most ex- exciting part for me, though, is like you've got to give Bryson Barnes a scholarship at this point. And I'm advocating you take all 12,000 pigs and you yeah. have it spelled out that says on scholarship and he sees it from like a drone or hey, a helicopter. If you can get pigs to spell something, <laughs> you're, you're onto something there. Like, can we get like a sheepdog or something to try to figure out how something to get herd them in. Do, yeah, do pigs a, do it that? It is a great idea. Uh, it, I don't know. Maybe do, what kind of food this. do they scraps? Scra- yeah. do you <laughs> put, put the scraps in the, the right order. I don't know how that put a works. Put bunch of corn on there, and uh, <laughs> what what do they have? What's the slosh or whatever they call the? I don't the know. Troughs. The trough. There you go. Put them. Put spell it out that way, and at least make it look something. And then and then he's happy, right? It's well, it's home. And, and that's the interesting thing. So you look at Jaquinda Jackson. He was awarded the Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe Memorial Scholarship, and and that's voted on by the players. So that's not something that the coaches necessarily vote on the players. And I, I, I mean, you, you said it was a fairly large margin yep. by the number of votes that he had. So, I mean, he, he obviously had a special connection to both of those players, um, Aaron Lowe more so. But uh, I think that, um, you know, he, he's on scholarship. I, I, he, call me crazy. I still think he's going to play. 
you know, I, I think they, they had a few packages last season. He had a, he had a case of the fumbles. Um, I think it was Washington state. He fumbled the ball like twice and he didn't get much playing time after that. I, I think that he's, he's a good enough athlete to mix it in there and try to minimize the number of hits on cam rising. So yeah, I don't know. I I'm not coach Ludwig. I'm not in the, in the game plan room. I wish I was because the insight that we'd get would be incredible, but I do see a point in the season where Jaquinda Jackson is taking snaps at quarterback for you, Todd, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, talk about it when it happens, but uh, until then, yeah, Bryson Barnes is your number two behind cam rising. I think that that was, um, you know, pretty. It's a surprise because of the all of the improvement that we heard Jaquindon Jackson took, but it's not a surprise because that's who they trotted out in the Rose Bowl. But I think so. this is where he he kind of has to show it, right? Like if you want to be that yeah. backup, now is the time to show it. It's it's nice to be able to say you you went in the off season and you did all the right things, and he did. Like he bulked up, you know, he he really honed in on trying to be a better passer. That was always kind of the biggest knock on his game, which is funny as a quarterback that that's your biggest knock, but. That's the reality of it. But I think for me, you know, he has to be able to show that, like, this is sustainable. This is what he wants to do. And if and if he can do that, I think the, the staff truly does have faith in him. The question is, at right. what point, right? Because you're looking, you've got to look down at the future, too. Utah really loves Nate Johnson. Nate Johnson's in there. Right. He's their scout team quarterback right now. Brandon Rose is a little bit, but Nate Johnson is the guy. He's the cam rising a, f- a few years ago. And, you know, Nate Johnson's a smaller guy, but you give him a full year of, you know, the weightlifting regiment and, and, and all those different things, Nate can be a completely dynamic player. Now Nate has, you know, the 4-4 speed, and he's able to, to make those passes. He was an Elite 11 quarterback. You know, Jaquindon's job is going to get significantly harder, not easier, right? And I think that's Correct. where we have to see, right? We have to see, you know, sure, tragedy could go around, you know, injuries could happen, you know, Cam gets hurt, Bryson gets hurt, or whatever it may be. And, and and that changes that dynamic. But the reality is, is the coaching staff needs to see something, right? He was close enough that he was neck and neck with Bryson to be able to be in that contention. But at the same time, he was not close enough to really stay. And 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 this is where it's going to be, right? Like yesterday, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I, I requested somebody else, but Josh Newman tried to talk to him. And it was a very short interview. He was not really having it. Um, I mean, he's, he's respectful, and that's, that's who Jaquindon Jackson is. But you know, he doesn't want to talk about those stuff, right? Like, I mean, right yeah. now he's still kind of processing it as well and, and trying to figure it out, and, and it's tough, right? Like, you come to play football to win the job, right. and, and the quarterback's right. a tough you, spot. You don't, you don't come to sit on the bench. No. And, you know, the, the the perfect example of this is Cam Rising, right? He comes in in a in 2020, he wins the starting job. The first game uh, in that weird COVID season was against USC, who was playing their third game at the time. Utah was still trying to iron out some kinks on the offensive line. There's a funky snap. All of a sudden the ball's on the ground. He's diving for the ball. He gets hurt and he's out for the season. Right. And, you know, fast forward to 2021, you have a transfer and Charlie Brewer that comes in, whether Cam was hundred percent healthy or not. Um, he didn't get the the starting job, and so do we want to he... play revisionist history real quick and just say? Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, Cam Rising decides to transfer after Charlie Brewer is named the starter. I mean, what happens? But, but 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 you have to you have to think about like man, like this was your team. You lost it just because you got hurt, not because you played poorly, but because you got hurt. Alex the Smith knows a thing or two that about you're, that. You're, yeah, yeah, the whole Alex Smith, Brad Elliott thing, you know, with Utah, and then you know Alex Smith in the NFL. Like, how many times did he? experience that it was you know Colin Kaepernick <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes it's uh 
it's it's crazy that uh, that that happens. But uh, you know, Cam still prepared. He came in ready. He was will still willing to work. And suddenly the coaches said, we've got to make a change. And they threw him in the game and he was ready. He was ready to go because he had been preparing. And it's tough. Like when you're on that, you're, you're the number two quarterback or number or you're on, you're on the practice squad or you don't get very many reps. It can be easy to, to kind of mail it in, pack it in and be thinking ahead to your next stop. Like maybe I'm not going to transfer right now. Maybe I'm going to wait until the end of the season. Um, you know, wait until there there are opportunities. I, I mean, it's it's August thirtieth. Like, where is he going to transfer to if he was to go right now? Yeah. Plus, he's on full scholarship. So, well, well and you get I, the the Andrew or the Aaron Lowe and Ty Jordan. Like, you're you're not going to exactly. leave after that. So, so it, it's a it's a it's a situation where Utah's mentality is always next man up, and these players have to buy into that mentality where it's hey, like I'm one play away from playing. Like literally everybody on the team has to have that mentality for you to have a successful season. Because as we saw last season, especially in the secondary, I mean, injuries happen. And suddenly you have Micah Bernard, who's out there playing against arguably one of the top five wide receivers in all of college football in the Rose Bowl because Utah didn't have any more depth at cornerback. So it's it's unfortunate, but uh, I, I think that Utah's coaching staff is making the right call here. Um, that being said, if Cam Rising were to go down to an extended period, I do see an opportunity where Jaquinda Jackson could come in and take take over that role. Uh, that's just my call, though. No, I, I agree with you, and I think I think you know it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think for, uh, for Utah fans, that's one of those things you hope you don't see Bryson right or Jaquindon. Uh, you want to make sure that Cam's there. Unless and, it's in mop-up duty, well, right? Exactly. Like, like if, you're, wants, if you're up 35 in the fourth quarter, sure, roll him out. <laughs> yeah, you want that in uh, you know the Southern Utah game or or any of these other games where you can get mop-up duty, but. Uh, yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see, but let's, let's move on to another position group. Uh, one of the, one of the position groups that does have the ore listed next to it and, and, and not in a way that I think many would expect it, right? Like, or is a lot of the times used as like a, a distinguisher between, you know, we don't know who's going to start in, in this, in this position group. I think it just is a literal uh, understanding of how much depth this, this team has. And that's at running back. You've got Tavion Thomas, who was obviously the leading back last year. He has 21 touchdowns rushed for over 1100 yards, clearly has a lot of talent and, and, and ability behind him. You have Makai Bernard, Chris Curry, and Jalen Glover, the, the heralded freshman who a lot of people are really excited to see. I mean, that dude comes in as a freshman built more than any of these high or college players at times, you know, and it's like this kid is, is ready. So it, this is this is one of those scenarios where, you know, Kyle has talked about that all of these guys will play. You know, he, he wasn't quite ready to say that T- Tavion Thomas is the lead back. And I just don't think that Utah is under that that. Uh, um, designation this year, which is kind of funny given how Utah's always been that they've always had a lead back, the, the guy that gets the bulk of the carries and, and you can, you know, he's the, the workhorse here. They've got so many different guys that they can work. And I, and I think that's an interesting dynamic for Utah to be able to look at and say, look, we have four talented running backs that can do a myriad of things. This is how we're going to do it. I don't know. What, what's your outlook on this running back position group? You know, I I think that uh, a little bit of this is motivation to the different players saying, hey, we're going to give everybody a shot and to see who can excel with the carries that they're given. When you have four really good players, it's tough to spread around those carries uh, and get make sure that everybody's, you know, in a groove, like especially at running back. I I think wide receiver is another one where 
if you're not getting the snaps, if you're not getting the reps in the game to get the kind of the, the feel of the game, it's kind of tough for you to get going. If you only get two carries a quarter, it's going to be really, really difficult for some these running backs to, to get into rhythm, to kind of get in their cadence, to learn, you know, defensive patterns and kind of just get in that groove that they're, they're used to. So I, I, I see this as being motivation to some of these other guys. I, and maybe even to Tavion Thomas, you know, early on in the season, he had the, the issue with not holding on to the football, which uh, ball security is number one on Kyle Whittingham's list of things that are most important, right? Like he's not going to put, um, put in a, a player that's going to risk ball security. So I think Tavion Thomas needs to be able to, to hold on to the football. And if, and if he does, then I see him getting the majority of the carries. Now, Mike Bernard, he's excelled at every single chance, opportunity that he's been given. He just hasn't been given a whole lot, right? Well, he's such uh, a diverse Curry. player, man. I mean, I think he can do anything yeah. for him. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, we saw him make that uh, one one hand, one foot in the back of the end zone catch against Ohio State while also having to play both ways. I mean, that's that's incredible. Uh, and and I see Micaiah Bernard potentially being you know a, a slot wide receiver or going out of the backfield um, you know from the running back position. I, I I see him being kind of the Swiss Army knife for this Utah football team. Similar to Brant Keithy, I think mm-hmm. that he could be listed in three or four different positions because he is that good. Um, and and that's a good position for him to be in. Um, Chris Curry, he had some fun, uh, again uh, holding on to the football, right? So uh, <laughs> that same Washington State game, it seemed like everybody was fumbling it. He, he had were. a goal line carry. <laughs> what was there like seven fumbles or, or oh my turnovers that game? Uh, and then Jalen Glover, this is him. This is an opportunity for him to return to his home state and play in front of some, you know, some of fans that he potentially family friends. Um, I don't know how hostile it'll be towards him from from being from Florida. If he'll have a contingent of fans um, there to watch him. I, I would anticipate that he would. Uh, but uh, I, I see everybody getting a chance. The, the The hard part for the coaches is you kind of have to feed the hot hand. And at the same time, you also have to keep everybody happy because it, it, it's it's such a, a fine balancing act. You want you want the hot hand. You want to keep uh, – um, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is at the end of the day, Utah has – plenty of options as far as they have the, the bruiser they've got the speed they've got the, the the elusive back so it's kind of what florida and we'll, we'll talk about this more on thursday when we do our florida preview it's kind of what florida has you know in their running back room where they have different options in different situations and that's that could be as simply as what utah is going to do depending on who they're playing they may you know predominantly feature a, a, a you know, a, a quicker running back like Micaiah Bernard. If they're playing a more power team, maybe Tavian Thomas gets a majority of the carries. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they how they divvy up the carries well, um, I, and keep everybody happy here. Yeah, and I think you know, I think that's that's the nice thing about what Utah has here, right? Is they don't have to be a one trick pony. They can go to a lot of different options. You know, Andy Ludwig, who has has done a phenomenal job of scheming to different you know defenses and kind of what what the personnel is is presenting them has just a huge arsenal of attack to be able to, to work with, right? He, you know, he can, he can still ride with Tavion. And, and I think Tavion, at least initially, is still going to be that guy. I, I, th- there's maybe call it a gut instinct or something like that. I, I don't know if Tavion's going to stay that guy throughout the entirety of the season. Now, I could be 100% wrong, but I, I, I kind of get some vibes from, you know, a Makai Bernard who, who, who he's not going to be the same type of player as Tavion. Who'd, he's not the smash mouth guy. Obviously, he's a different type of playmaker, 
But I see somebody like a Chris Curry or Jalen Glover, mostly Jalen Glover, coming in there and really establishing himself as as kind of the next um, lead back for for the University of Utah. Now, if if that's the case, that's great. That means that he's doing phenomenal and everything's going well in that regard. But I think kind of what you're saying, it's 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 pushing Tavion especially more than anybody else to say, hey, look, you have to be on your game 100% or you will be passed up fast. There's so many options here. And and that's not a knock to Tavion, right? Like, I mean, the, he, he breaks a school record in his very first season there and, and he didn't even play basically like three games in the middle of that season or the beginning of that season because right. of his fumbling issues. So I, this is not meant to be a, a, a knock on him. I, I really like Tavion. No, I think he's, he's good. And he's, he, you know, when he can hit that hole, he can, he can hit it hard and be able to, to get the yards that he needs. But, but I think this, this gives him more than anybody, the motivation to say, look, I have to be on point to be able to do this. If not, that's fine. I've got to work hard, but I think it kind of gives him that drive to say, look, if this is what you really want, it's going to be that way. This is quite honestly, this is, this is very similar to what an NFL style room would be like. You, you may not have four quality backs that you're going to continually rotate through, but you're getting different looks from different guys, right? Like you're not just getting one guy. Yeah. Derek Henry is going to be your guy, but you still need to give him reps, uh, other guys reps to give him time off and, and, and have different right. looks. So, you know, I, I see this in, in a lot of ways as a very NFL style system with the tight ends and how Utah runs this. So I, I think it works. I think it's going to be a good system for Utah. I don't think Utah has to have uh, a setback. I think they can honestly run this committee type um, approach throughout the entirety of the season like they did a little bit last year, and I don't think it'll hurt them. Now, could no. somebody establish themselves? 100%. But uh, I, I don't think it matters at this point in the season. Well, I, I, I mean, first down, you, you, let's say you get the uh, you win the coin toss and you, you, you want to start on offense, whatever it might be, game one, well, let's say you lose the coin toss because Utah would probably defer at that point. <laughs> yeah. Let's say you get the ball to start the game. You, I mean, number nine is going to be out there in the backfield the first play of the game. I mean, I guarantee it. So, Ooh, are we going to make, are we gonna make we'll, a, an over under bet on this? Like, how many how many times does he get in before Ooh, another uh, running back? Do you owe me like I, a, I a Mountain Dew or something? If uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'd be Bernard like is that. out first. I, I I just see Utah trying to establish their dominance, and and I know all the the talk has also been about well, we need more deep threat uh, wide receiver game. Uh, we need more. Um, chunk plays out of the passing game. And, and, and I get that. But at the same time, um, it's the first game of the season. This is Kyle Whittingham we're talking about. I, I just see a run, you know, off tackle, just to kind of set the tone, like, hey, like, this is how we play football at the University of Utah. And I see number nine being that guy. I could be wrong. And, 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 I'll, and I'll pay up a, a Mountain Dew if I am, you know. <laughs> we're going to see Jalen Glover that in the back. It... You know, it very well could be. So <laughs> I, I, I just think that based on the body of work that we've seen from Tavion, I think all the, the, the depth chart and with it saying or is – probably more to uh, just motivate him, uh, motivate Tavion and say, hey, like, yeah, it's your job, but you still have to come in and prove it every day. Um, and, and that's all I see it as being. That that, that doesn't mean that Micaiah or Chris or Jalen aren't good. I, I just see that Tavion is your incumbent starter. He's going to get at least the, the few carries. And if he comes in and he's not able to do, to, to do anything, then Utah has other options to work with. And, and you know, as we saw... Uh, last season, they, they're they're quick to hey, you know, you fumble once, okay, you know, come back out, come back out for a series or two, go back in, you fumble twice, you're done, uh, take a break, <laughs> and you'll be lucky to earn yourself back into the playing time. 
was it the Weber State game that uh, Tavion had two fumbles? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Not great. because uh, yeah, it wasn't, but because of his um, ability to run the football, the the coaches took a pass on him and gave him another opportunity the next week. You know, against against BYU. So I I think that uh, yeah it, yeah I mean it's Tavion's job to lose, and I don't think that that's like earth shattering. I don't think I'm you know sending off any breaking news bells here anywhere by saying that, but I I just do see it being his team to lose, and that this is just motivation for him to come out and perform. Um, but but how about Utah listing a fullback? at uh, on there too deep oh we Golden we need Kendall. this we need this i mean i let's oh. be real cole fotheringham brent keithy they, they, they've kind of been that for a while and in, in different sure. fashions right but the fact that you have just a designated fullback and logan kendall who is a big dude that's going to bulldoze people i mean i think i, I don't want to say that there's a part of utah's offense that's missing because i think they've kind of utilized all this but i think if you can get a consistent guy of logan kendall's uh, stature and ability that's only going to do more power to, I mean, imagine right. Tavion following Logan Kendall behind the offensive line. Right. I mean, like, how do you stop that? Like that? Right. I, mean, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's fun it, to it, think about. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 hopefully that it improves Utah's red zone offense last season. Utah didn't have a ton of red zone opportunities because they were so efficient on offense. They, they punched it in um, at, it, at a pretty high clip. Wasn't that the joke? Uh, don't, don't ever get in the red zone. Then you don't have to have a red zone problem. Exactly. And, and that's kind of what it was. <laughs> I mean, Utah was able to break off so many chunk running plays where they didn't have a whole lot of those opportunities. So I, you know, that's, that's historically been a struggle with Utah in the Pac-12 is that short, you know, first and goal, second and goal, third and goal. We saw it against Oregon State. We saw it against, you know, some of these other Pac-12 teams that Utah played. Um, you know, I, I think that having that fullback, I mean, you have the 12 personnel with a fullback in there, man, like, Watch out. And, and Utah, <laughs> you know, we saw it against uh, USC where Cam Rising actually went into that um, goal line formation and ended up throwing it to Dalton Kincaid, who was wide open at the back of the end zone because everybody was anticipating a run. So it, it just gives uh, Coach Ludwig a lot of a lot more options, a lot more flexibility on what he can do. And it's it's cool to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you don't you don't you don't see a lot of fullbacks in the. At least in the Pac-12, I guess you'd see it a lot more in the Big Ten, SEC, but not a lot in the Pac-12. Look, I, I'm just here for the options, right? Like put him in the backfield, let him do some work, you know, put him on the line, do what do whatever's needed, and let him bulldoze people. And uh, you know, I I think it's fun. So uh, that that's an interesting dynamic to see them listed out fully. There was times that Utah toyed with that last year, but this this seems to be something that they are are leaning towards. But uh, most mostly this. Uh, this depth chart isn't really that shocking to a lot of positions. I think it's it's no. one of those things that uh, everybody kind of figured this is what it was going to be. The the two that were the most interesting to me, mostly just to see how this is uh, this moves forward, was that kickoff returner and punt returner. Um, kickoff is is set to be Makai Bernard. We talked about his diverse skill set, his ability. We obviously, you know, like you mentioned in the Rose Bowl, the dude could play anywhere. Kyle did say that he will just play on offense this year. In case you were wondering, he's not going to be a secondary player. So there's that. Um, but then in the punt returner, this one, this one has me interested. And, and that's Devon Vele is going to get the lead punt returning job. Now, Kyle said that, you know, he's got the best hands. He's the one that's able to catch it well. And, and you obviously need a, a punt returner to do that. that. That's a very vital position. I, I, I'm just a little interested on in how that's going to go. Uh, you're not going to have that same dynamic play making ability as a Britton Covey, maybe, maybe with Mackay yeah. Bernard on kickoff returns, but the reality is kickoff returns are kind of one of the most 
boring aspects of football at this point because basically anywhere you, you know, blow it off, it's essentially a 25-yard starting point. So, like, unless you truly believe you can get to 30, 35 yards, there's no real reason to take the football out. So, I don't know. What, what do you think about these two players in, in, in that position? And obviously they have to replace one of the best players to do it in Utah history. But do you think these are the right players, or do you think, like, Utah's playing it a little safe? I think with punt returner, Utah's playing it a little safe. Um, I think that they're probably going more ball security. Just don't cough up the football. Fair catch it if you have to. If you can get five yards, great. If not, fair catch it. Call it good, and we'll we'll come out with – especially when your offense is returning so many starters. Um, there's there's no reason to take that calculated risk here. Um, well, especially uh, with wide receiver one, right? Like, right. You, you don't, you don't need hurt. that. No. No. It's, I mean, he is – He's 40% of, I mean, probably even more than that. Like he's going to be Cam Rising's number one target outside of the tight ends. Um, Devon Vele is going to be your number one target. You got to keep him healthy. So I don't see him putting himself at risk. It's probably more ball security. Don't make, don't make any silly plays. If you have an opportunity to advance without, you know, getting your head taken off, like we saw Covey do so many times. Um, I think, yeah, he, he'll have the green light, but I think it's more, that's, that to me is playing it safe. Now a kickoff return. I, that's interesting to me because you have two of the most uh, athletic, fast uh, uh, people on the team, Micaiah Bernard and Jalen Dixon. So I could see, yeah, I mean, it, it is one of those things where, yeah, if you fair catch it anywhere in the field to play, you automatically get the ball at the 25. Uh, and I think the, with, the, with the opposing teams kicking out from the 35, like 90% of the time anyway, it's going to be a touchback. Um, but I think that, uh, I mean, if given the opportunity, if they're ever given the option to return, which it, it's not going to be very often, but I think that they could do pretty well. Um, but, I mean, they're not going to be, I'm not going to come out and say they're going to be the next Reggie Dunn or Britton Covey for that, for the Utes. But uh, I think that they'll they'll do well. I just don't know how many op- uh, opportunities that they're going to be given. Yeah, and the, and the guys behind him, like Jalen Dixon at the kickoff and then Money Parks at punt returner, I think very similar uh, you know, players in, in, in that regard. I think that could be a fluid position, probably more at punt returner. Um, but, but like you mentioned, I think this is really a safe bet for Kyle. He doesn't want to get cute. He doesn't need to be cute, right? Like in the past, it was like you needed Reggie Dunn or a Britton Covey to really flip the field for you and be able to get you in a better position because quite honestly, Utah was good for maybe 40 to 60 yards. And if you were already down at the 20 yard line, you're, you're stuck. And, and so I think, you know, Utah's in a much better situation where they trust Cam. You can put him anywhere on the field. Obviously, you know, closer to the, the middle of the field is better. But I, I don't think they're worried about that as much. Now, now things can change, no. right? Like, the season is a dynamic season where, like, things happen. This is going to change. You know, by the time we finish this season, uh, you know, Diabate might be kicking. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> hey, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. No, but I, but I think, like, it's, it's dynamic. It, it doesn't have to be set in stone. So I, I wouldn't take this as the gospel truth or, or something that's going to be set for the rest of the season. But uh, I, I just don't see Utah trying to necessarily um, get too much out of this, especially on punt return, which, which is a little unfortunate, quite honestly. I mean, watching somebody like Britton Covey, just take a punt back and, and just being able to do that, that, that makes the game fun. Like it, it completely changes the dynamic of, of what special teams can be. 
if you just take that aspect out of it, it becomes a really boring, almost mundane thing that you have to do, right? Like, okay, the other team couldn't move the ball. We're going to punt it wherever it lands. We're going to catch it. It's going to be boring, right? So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. It's not that Devon Vele isn't fast or he's not able to do it. I just don't know if you want to put him in that position. So I don't know. No. It'd be interesting. No. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I think that, uh, I, I think that he's going to be just told, you know, hey, you, unless you have 10 yards ahead of you, like, just just play it safe. Yeah, he's um, not getting the green like Big Britain did. Catch it. No, no. Um, but the interesting thing for me, uh, and when you look at these position groups, is Jordan Noyes out of nowhere uh, overtaking Jaden Redding um, for place kicking. Uh, we saw both of them play uh, against Weber State. Jordan Noyes missed his first attempt and didn't see the field after that. Jaden Redding came in, um, made a made a field goal, and then took over. Now he was he he did miss what two PATs on the season, and then four he missed like four four field four field goals. Uh, Utah just wasn't uh, settling for field goals a, a whole lot last season. They were they were able to get the get the ball in the end zone, and that that's you know what you can do with a a stable offensive line and a really good running back. Um, so I, I'm interested to see, you know, I, I, we watched these, both of these kickers in the spring game. I wasn't really impressed with either of them. Um, they both struggled. So um, this could be uh, again, one of those, those things where Jordan made a really good push and we weren't really able to see that in fall camp, but uh, maybe Jordan made a really good push in fall camp. Uh, Utah's going to be looking for consistently consistency there um at that position and like hey you know uh we need somebody that we can count on um especially this first week of the season where that you don't really know i mean there's so much anticipation against florida everybody's saying oh this is you know the number seven team going against the you know the fourth best team in the sec east like the utah should blow them out (laughs) i I don't see that being the case i think i i I still think it's going to be a close game just because of all of the the hype surrounding both programs a new coach for Florida, um, and, and we'll talk about more. We'll talk about this more on Thursday. But uh, I, I see it being a close game, and I think Utah just really needs somebody that they can count on to potentially make uh, a clutch kick. Um, so, well, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. look. I, I don't want to get too caught up in in who the place kicker is now. With that being said, obviously this can be a place where you lose games. You, you hope that you're not in a scenario where three points is really going to make a difference or a PAT. If a PAT is the difference in the game, I, I don't think it really comes down to that, right? Like, I mean, I, I think there there's a lot more that goes into it than beyond place kicking. And those things, you know, in totality, they matter. But I think you have to be able to have an efficient offense. You have to have a defense that is holding the other team you know, that sounds really simplistic, right? Like I get that there's a lot of complexities to that and there's a lot of ways that this can shake out. But but throughout the season, I don't think place kicking is really going to be a massive area of concern for Utah. Uh, you know, I think just based on Jordan Noyes being perfect at PATs and and maybe showing up in, in fall and, and being able to be a little bit better is probably a good indication that, that, he, that he's made progress. But the reality is, is we don't know, right? Like, like you said, mm-hmm. like we don't know. And, and both of them have been utilized. Neither one of them necessarily had a great percentage last year in different ways. Uh, Jordan was better at PATs, but was, I think, 50% at field goals. I mean, he only had like four attempts, so it's not like he was doing a ton. But, you know, the, this isn't like the, the Andy Phillips or the Matt Gay era where you were consistently getting field goals that were great. But the, the problem was 
they were the ones consistently being the only scorer. So, I, you know, I think you kind of take that with a grain of salt in some respects, and, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that big of a concern. I, I would be more concerned as, a, you know, the punter, uh, the, the guy that's actually got to get that release and trying to get it down the field. That, that to me, is more of a concern. But the reality is, is we literally have zero understanding of what that's going to be. So, uh, you know, that, right. that side of it, the special teams, it, it, it's hard to fully understand, like, what that's going to be until we see it. And part of that develops throughout the season. So, I don't know. And it could be a situation where Jaden Redding is asked to do the longer kicks. You look at, uh, yeah, Jordan Noyes was uh, two for four for the season, but most of his misses were of 40 and up where he made everything 39 yards and in. We don't need to get too into in depth on this, but uh, break it down. It could Come be on. a situation where, <laughs> you know, if it's a, if it's a big kick, especially down at sea level, I mean, if it's a 40 yard field goal, well, suddenly that's more like 50 yards at altitude. Right. So uh, that ball is not going to travel nearly as far as these players are used to. So that could be something to keep an eye on where even though Jordan is the starter, don't be surprised to see Jaden taking some of those longer field goals, just, just because he he does have the longer leg, and Kyle so, will not not tolerate uh, sitting on one player. He will he will change really quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, next man up. If you if you're not performing, um, they're gonna call on the next guy up, and hopefully he's ready to go. Speaking of the next guys that are ready to go, we're gonna transition just a tiny tiny bit to the NFL. Um, Today, the day of this recording, so this is Tuesday, it is the NFL's 53-man cut day. This is the, the day that everybody dreads in the NFL. Um, it's, it's a hard day because you've got a lot of these, these guys, you know, not just from Utah, but uh, all around the country that, you know, they've worked their butts off. They've done well in preseason. You've seen a lot of different players that, that show out, and then they don't make the 53-man roster. Uh, today's one of those days. I think the one... I, I could be wrong here. I'll speak for myself, but I think the one player that most Utah fans are looking forward to seeing if he makes an NFL roster is Britton Covey. You know, he's, he showed out with the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I think, you know, he was an undrafted player. He, he didn't really get a lot of expectations just being on his size and different things that, that way. But, uh, you know, he showed out, obviously he's, he's, he's talented in the, in the return game, but he's also shown out in the slot area. So, uh, I, I'm curious to see how that goes. You look, we're not going to break down all this, who made it, whatever. Uh, a lot of these guys are going to be signed for practice squads, and, that, and that's great. You saw somebody like Tyler Huntley who worked his butt off, worked in the practice squad, found a way to get on the roster, and, and now is, is kind of a lot of people compare him a lot to Lamar. Now, look, we're not getting him to Lamar Jackson, but I, I, I think you're seeing these guys that are going to make their, their time and, and, and effort pay off and, uh, it'll be an interesting day to watch. I don't know. Any, anything that you see from, from today that, well, that you're you interested compare, in? You, you compare Tyler Huntley to the rest of the league, and you can't tell me that there's 32 better quarterbacks than Tyler Huntley. It just happens to be that he's on the team with one of the top four. It's uh, true. Maybe not top four, maybe top five. Well, and Lamar um, gets hurt, so he's got Lamar, playing Lamar's time, really right? good. Yeah, so he's going to be given an opportunity, and then he's going to have some suitors at the end of the season. And, uh, well, I mean, I, I do see him – as uh, a starting NFL quarterback somewhere. Um, it's it's kind of like uh, Jordan Love, right? Like if he wasn't behind Aaron Rodgers, if he was on a different team, he'd be starting, right? Like <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> sometimes just the guy in front of you is just better. And that's unfortunate. Uh, but uh, at the same time, he's getting paid good money to hold a clipboard. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. not, I mean, I, pay me, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Throw, so, throw Robert um, Jackson in. 
It, it's uh yeah. So this is a this is a tough day for for Bam Olsenny. Uh, didn't make the cut for the for the Raiders. Um, uh, some other Bradley and I, uh, Javelin Gidry from the Jets. We don't need to go into each one. They got released yesterday. Um, so it, it, it's it's a question of do these players get picked up by you know the the team's practice squad that they were on, or do they get picked up on waivers? What what happens? It's all going to shake out, but 53, 50, you think about the Utes, they have what, 105 players on their and, roster. And a lot of those can be uh walk on players too, but yeah, yeah seven, but 70 to 85 ish are well, 85 for sure. On your, definitely on your one travel of those. squad. Yeah, sure. And then you look at, yeah, the NFL 53, it's tough. Like you can't have four uh, players at the same position like you, you can in college. So um the players that do make it, they're compensated accordingly, and it's awesome. The players that don't still have the chance to make the practice squad. And then it's uh, motivation, man, getting kicked in the teeth every day by the, the starting unit of the squad. And can you mentally withstand it? Some players do, some players don't. Uh, and I don't think anybody's questioning, like, uh, is this the right decision for you? I mean, it's up to you. Like, it, as a player, you have to make that decision. Like, this is, this is my dream. I want to, I want to tough it out. I'm going to do everything I can. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I, I do think that uh, Utah prepares its players for the NFL exceptionally well. I still hold on to that. And it's, it's, it's cool to see some offensive players like the Zach Moss, the Tyler Huntley's potentially now the Britton Covey um, make these NFL rosters. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll keep you covered here at KSL.com. We'll we'll have a an article that talks about all the players and where they go and and kind of w- you know what players have been dropped and where their next destinations could be. Or Are you guys or planning so, on doing the uh, the weekly roundup of the NFL? Uh, the locals, locals in the, in the NFL. NFL, baby. Yeah, we we'll, we'll definitely do that. that. Where we will cover we'll cover these locals and and keep you posted. Uh, I know there's a lot of those guys that that you know you follow naturally and 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 you want to be able to see, but we'll 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 take a look at all of them and make sure that you're you're kept no, in the know of of all that. So uh, look forward to that. We'll we'll post that today uh, and we'll keep updating that as time goes, and then we'll follow along them as as the season goes. But uh, just want to want to let you know that uh, you know thanks for listening to today's podcast. We've got a few more things, but uh, thanks for listening to today's podcast. We you know fr- Thursday we're going to uh, talk to a Florida beat writer, get their their take on on kind of this matchup and and uh, you know what what they're looking at, what Florida's perception of Utah is, and and kind of how this matchup came about. Um, if if you do have any questions that you want us to ask, different things, yes, we'll ask them about humidity because clearly humidity is going to kill us when we go down to to Florida. Um, but uh, you know, shoot us a, a text, an email, not a text, an email or a, a tweet, and uh, you know, we'll we'll ask your questions and 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 try to get things covered. But um, we're excited for that. So. Um, one other thing too is, uh, you know, we, we've got Pick'em going on. It's our KSL.com college football Pick'em where we, uh, we pick five games each week. It's usually three local teams, you know, BYU, Utah, and Utah State, and then two other national games of relevance that, that you can pick. You know, we, we want you to be able to, to compete with your friends, your family, your coworkers, and, and different things that way, and uh, just kind of have fun with it. Pick the scores, see who wins. Uh, did I mention that there's a gift card prize at the end if, if you're one of the top three people? So that's a, that's a real cool opportunity. You know, that kicks off this week. If you haven't done it, go to ksl.com. Uh, there's a banner at the top of the page that will show you how to sign up, and uh, we're excited to do that. But we have one more thing that we released last week. I'll let Rob explain what that is. 
Yeah, so we were jealous of Josh being able to vote in the AP poll, and so we made it so that you, as the uh, college football aficionado, can make your own uh, ballots each week. So right now, the preseason KSL.com college football top 25 fan poll is live on KSL.com. You can go, you can create your own top 25, uh, and then it gives you a, a way to download a screenshot or uh, an image that you can then share on Twitter uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever the other social media, Reddit, I, I, you know, whatever social media platform you have, you can go in and you create your own ballot uh, and essentially do what Josh gets to do every week and rank these teams. And I was following some of the social media chatters like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. BYU is going to be ranked number one. And it's not the case. Alabama is clearly number one. Georgia, number two. Ohio State. It kind of follows the AP poll until you get to about six where Utah's actually moved up. Uh, ahead of Notre Dame and Texas A&M. Uh, BYU is currently 17th, which, I mean, I think that's what you had in your poll. Is I had it them not? at 15. You had them at 15? Yeah, so you had them a little bit even higher. So uh, it, it's funny because everybody's so eye roll. You, KSL is just doing this for clicks. But <laughs> in a part, yes, we are. <laughs> We're trying to create user experiences that you, you um, and people will love. And so this is one that has actually gone fairly well. I mean, yeah, you do have people voting for Texas El Paso who ended up losing in week one or week zero. But uh, I, I think that it's a, it's a fun feature for fans to kind of go in, especially if you social, social share it, because that, I think that that's one of the, the cool things about the AP palette is seeing who voted for what. And the, the chatter around that, you see John Wilner responding to people, Hey, why did you have Michigan state at 13? And then he's able to respond to it, create some chatter. And it's a, it's a fun way to pass the time. So, uh, this week is going to be a little weird. We're going to launch the week two ballot on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. And that's going to run through through Labor Day. And then we'll shut off the the ballots until the next Thursday. So usually Monday through Thursday will kind of be a downtime where it'll just be in view-only mode. And then it'll transition to the new week. And if you submit your ballot, you can submit it as early as Thursday for the following week. Um, and let's say your team loses or whatever, you can go in and then update it. It'll pre-fill your selections um, so you don't have to fill it all out again. You can make those adjustments and resubmit it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited to have uh, you participate in whatever way is possible. Uh, we want to get you involved and, and make sure that you feel like you can take part in, in the action. We'll, uh, you know, we'll post a, a link to that on our sports page, so go check it out, and we'll make sure that you can uh, – you get back into that so uh you know we, we appreciate you listening to our podcast uh, we, we enjoy doing this and we're, we're happy to be able to talk football um go ahead and rate us on any of your favorite um podcast platforms wherever you listen to this um and we will come back at you on thursday so uh rob you ready for thursday yeah football it's a one day culture one day closer. closer i love it we'll talk florida we'll talk about the big game and then the next time you hear from us it'll be after the game where we actually have something to talk about that's not just speculation so uh thanks for checking us out and uh we will catch you next time thanks guys